fuck. Are you okay, Fitzy? Barely, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's only eight minutes left anyway, so it's it's not going to affect the math the, the whole episode. That's <laughs> okay. This podcast is brought to you by the Spare Time Legends Podcast Network. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to what I'm going to describe as a special edition of Legend in My Spare Time, as we are well on our way to episode 100. It's not the road to WrestleMania, it's the road to episode 100. And uh, what better way to do that than to bring on a guest who's never been on this specific podcast before, and one who's been here since the very start. I think his first appearance was episode 7 or 8. It was early on either way. So please welcome some very dear friends of mine, the one, the only... The lovely J.J. Hawkins, all the way from Portland, Oregon. Hey. And of course, without anybody dumping you. Usually I'm only here after after one of your co-hosts dumps you. Yeah, ouch. You're not wrong, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And also, the other man that you may hear in the background there grumbling and growling every once in a while is my co-host from Smart Marks, the only professional wrestling podcast any of you need to listen to. The one, the only, the Reverend Brian Fitzpatrick. Are you still with us, sir? I am indeed, yes. I hope you refer to the type of wrestling when you say professional, not that we're a professional podcast. (laughs) No, no, it's certainly a professional wrestling podcast. Yep. Not, not a, a, not pro- a right. Not, not a, professional. a professional podcast about wrestling. Exactly. Exactly. We'd like it to be. If anyone wants to start making us professional, that'd be fantastic. That's true. Well, we do have a new sponsor, but I guess we can talk about that on Smart Marks this week. Indeed. Indeed, we do. Uh, and of course, JJ Hawkins available at the website of Doom dot com on Mars Needs podcasts. And Fitzy also does some show at some site uh, that I, I can't really quite recall right now. What is it called again? Horror film. I think it's. Snide, I think it's called the Snidecast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's Snidecast. Yes, on a site called Fred.com. Yeah. yeah. 
how how much I wish you were actually Dana Snyder, Fitzy. <laughs> I I say that sentence to myself all the time. <laughs> Mirror and go, God, I wish you were Dana. So now I know what it sounds like when Fitzy climaxes. <laughs> <laughs> he just slaps himself in the face and goes, "Why aren't you Dana?" And then he cries. Uh, yeah. Always with the tears. Uh, on an interesting side note, how happy are we all that Snidecast is sort of back? Uh, very. It's great to hear. Um, that's comfortable. Well, not comfortable for the listener, not comfortable for the performers. Shtick. Yeah. It was they're, like slipping. It was like slipping in back into a warm bath. Or like a fine pair of slippers. That's right. Yes. So yeah, Fitzy's available at the site uh, at the site called Fred.com on Cabin Fever. Him and uh, a few other Irish folks. Sometimes it's just two of them. Sometimes it's more. But it's always always entertaining, isn't that right, Fitzy? No. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I like it. <laughs> I I like it so. I enjoy it so. I enjoy it so. I enjoyed so. Yes, we. I put, we that, I put that. I put that in for you earlier. By the way, the I'll be honest, nine so. I know you will, because him, uh, him, and I talked to JJ about how the Irish tend to finish sentences with the word "so." You know, I'll be off so. I'll be here so. Or you're a cunt so. Grand so. Grand so. I think we lost JJ. No, I'm totally here. You guys, I just, I, I have to admit that. Uh, I, uh, uh, I I don't encounter as many Irish, and the the three Irish that I encounter the most are are so inundated with American culture that they might as well be my neighbors. So what True. you're saying is you don't have anything to say to Fitzy. That was the most, that was the most uh, disenfranchised Mister Rogers I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know JJ's kind of like yeah, Fitzy. So fucking what. No, I mean you can say so at the end of your sentences, but I can't play along. You know, you you European uh, elitists. Some of us are American. American. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if it happens in your part of the U.S. or America, JJ. But I was also throwing in that some of our Iowa type friends from the guys over at Misinformation they start sentences with the word anymore. Uh, it, that's yeah. Well, again, Iowa and uh, Oregon—they're you know—are pretty much well. In the case of like, uh, in case of like you know, Europe, we're like the, we would be the equivalent of like five, six countries away from one another. You know, you might as well be saying, you know, it, it's. I, I bet it's a lot like uh, the way the Irish start sentences because in Bulgaria. <laughs> well, you know my history on U.S. geography, all right, JJ. We've been over that before. Um, yeah. When I when I thought that I could just swing by Portland on my way to Iowa to say hello to you, and you pretty yeah. much in the nicest way you could, you said you stupid, stupid bastard. <laughs> the nicest way you can say stupid, stupid bastard, which is with one stupid. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but the second one is just implied. It is. JJ has that magic gift of being able to put you down and make you feel warm and fuzzy all at the same time. <laughs> that's very true, and that's and I haven't even smelt his hair, and I feel that way. <laughs> it's wondrous. <laughs> it's the lack of meat. It's, it, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't clog up the hair follicles with stink. Yeah, uh, wait, wait. Though I, I uh, just applied for a couple of jobs this week at different restaurants that will be working with meat. So. Ooh. How does that work ethics-wise? Is that is it kind of once the paycheck's involved, you can you say fuck it, like you'd, you'd you'd happily prepare a pork chop? Well, I mean, well, I've always said my ethics uh, basically are are for me and for me only. 
Okay. So uh, I have no problem fixing a hamburger for you because you want the hamburger. You know, I'm not going to eat it, and why would I? Why would I judge you? That's cool. So, so really, you know, it makes it's no skin off my back. If uh, you know, if somebody wants to pay me to uh, to slice meat or whatever, I will do it in a fucking heartbeat. How, how so much? How, yeah. How much are we talking for you to slice some meat over here, buddy? Uh, how much sliced meat over there? Well, let's see, a plane ticket and <laughs> a place to stay, and uh, yeah, and give me a slicer. I'll, I, I mean, I worked as a meat slicer when I first became a vegetarian. I was a meat slicer for years. So if I went to your restaurant and ordered a quarter pounder, I'm not going to get a patty of compressed broccoli or anything, no? Oh, that would see. That's unethical. You know, you give people what they ask for, and you know that'd be just like if I went to a uh, a restaurant and ordered like a baked potato, and they're like, you know, fuck you, boy. Here, have a have a meatball sub <laughs> wrapped in skin. Yeah, potato. exactly. You know, that's that's you know, it's it's. Just, I mean, I don't know. I just I don't think that anybody should really force their morals on anybody else, no matter what it's about. And so that's not going to be my sticking issue. <laughs> Sticking issue. <laughs> yeah, um, you you mentioned forcing your you know thoughts or morals or ideals on somebody. Um, I don't know if this is a UK thing because again I'm in this gray area where I don't quite know where I belong. But I had a gentleman knock the door today because it's almost election time here in this part of the UK, and um, I opened the door. And generally, when people are at my door trying to sell or offer services, I'm not the nicest guy in the world. Well, I'm not usually the nicest guy in the world anyway. But anyway, I open the door, and he hands me the thingy, and he says, have you thought about who you're going to vote for? And I said, no. And he said, well, are you thinking you're going to vote Labor? And I don't get into politics or anything like that, but I thought it was very strange that he would just come flat out and say, are you going to vote Labor? Is that a strange question, or is that just me? I think in England and Ireland, or Great Britain and Ireland, anyway, politics isn't quite the... Um, opposing force that it is in in America, but then again, I'm making I'm I don't know what the Canadian political system's like, but I know in the U.S. it's definitely it's almost like a what team do you support? Yes, like a, like a sport, like you know, like a football team type. DD <coughs> five minutes extra to our injury time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're listening to Cabin Fever because he's watching I football. <laughs> Eat air and go, Fitzy, pay attention. <laughs> Well, this time I have two other people to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I was listening to your most recent edition uh, with Blake, Blake Rawlings. Um, you got an Asian there for a minute. Blake <laughs> Rawlings. Blake Rawlings. And uh, it's funny because when I first turned it on, I thought it was Blake Northern. Oh. So um, I turned on expecting to hear, you goddamn douchebags. <laughs> and it's not quite what I got. I did remember him once I heard him, but um, yeah, I was um, I was a little sad that it wasn't Northern. Not gonna lie, we would never have been that sexually complimentary towards Northern. No, and besides, <laughs> as I've said before on my show, I'm not completely convinced uh, Northern knows how to to really work the internet enough to record for an hour. <laughs> Mother, motherfucker! Well, I've se- I've seen his video, My Old Balls. Well, yeah, but that's because he, he he sends it to someone else, and they make the internet fairies dance all over it and carry it. <laughs> How many rocks do you have to pack up to get a better bandwidth? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get some fires burning. He thinks it's steam operated. Like <laughs> <laughs> I thought his classic little conversation about wrestling was great, though. I'm sure you've seen that one, Fitzy, when he says, <laughs> Now we're going to talk WWE. Michael Cole. Douchebag. <laughs> and then he just kind of moves on. Love it. 
he's fun to watch wrestling with. Um, we watched an episode of Raw the the week after, or the sorry, the, the the few days after DragonCon last year, and it was a particularly funny one. And thought a lot of us were just kind of rolling around his massive sitting room. Um, he's got like his house is just designed for partying, because like the bedrooms are on either side of this big, like, pr- like not presenting room but like you know, what's the word when you're taking guests <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean i wouldn't like, know i'm not classy enough to know the answer to that well put it this way like the, the the dinner table is kind of a bar situation but it's low down like a dinner table and i think there's like 30 chairs around it huh? <laughs> and they get used a lot hmm. so he's got a meat hall rather than a house Pretty much, yeah. Like, as in M E E T or M E A T. Either but, uh, way, either way. I said M E A D. Oh, Mead House. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I think they just kind of love having people over and kind of getting people together and having cookouts and stuff. And it's it's an incredible house. Like, um, so we sat in that massive room on their huge TV and watched wrestling. Uh, it was the one. It was the one where. Our truth couldn't pronounce epiphany, or you couldn't spell it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you're familiar with that episode, right, JJ? Sorry. You know, I actually. Uh, so I, I recently had to go back to uh, to Mississippi, uh, where I was raised, because my I, I'm not going to even c- c- try to. Uh, to guess that your audience knows who the hell I am, so I'll explain real quick. Um, so I went to uh, Mississippi because my my mother passed, and uh, I was at her funeral. And uh, so I stayed with my my good friend Jason while I was down there. And uh, we did we decided uh, we talked about it, but we decided not to spend any cash on uh, WrestleMania. Uh, but I did actually watch Raw that Monday. Hmm, you did. It was. I did. Welcome to Smart Marks, everybody. <laughs> I, I had a good time. Uh, I, I, there's a, a wrestler that apparently uh, you guys liked, but I immediately wanted to just punch him right in the face. I found him so... I just His every movement I found annoying. All right, now don't tell us who it is. Let's have Fitzy and me try to guess which wrestler we think you're talking about. Uh, okay. F- Fitzy, who do you think that would have caused JJ to immediately want to strike him? You see, there's a few... There's a few issues we have to take into consideration here. He says we both like him. That's true. There are, there are many we both like. Yeah, I believe you guys both said something complimentary about him. I found him annoying as hell. Hmm. I'm going to have to guess then CM Punk. No, I like Punk. I like anybody who throws down a comic book reference before he pops in the ring. Okay, that's good. And the thing, the thing I, found, I like kind of about punk is that as jason i described him you know in, in an age of where wrestlers have just you know in, in a post like hogan world where everybody's just roided out to the to the max uh cm punk is like that guy who would be the most muscular guy in your office yes <laughs> you know yeah. as a wrestler he just looks kind of tiny but like he would be that guy that would be like the hunky guy who works in the meat counter down the street you know <laughs> yeah he's like just he a regular cool. dude yeah, I li- no, I think he's awesome. I like Punk a lot. Okay. He looks good in a t-shirt, yeah. not so much when it's off. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've never said a complimentary word about The Rock, but I was going to guess The Rock. But I-, I guess the obvious answer would be John Cena, wouldn't it? Uh, no, I have no problem. Actually, uh, I-, I had no feelings about John Cena. I watched a documentary one day when I was bored, and uh, he came across as a nice guy, as a nice human. I don't know oh, as a wrestler, but he seemed like a nice guy. No, this is a guy, I'll, I'll narrow it down. This is a guy who actually had a match that game, or that show. Mm-hmm. Actually, they have matches on Raw? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Santino Morella? Uh, was he in the first match? Uh, oh, I, I, yeah, I bet you it's Dolph Ziggler, isn't it? No, 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 it was whoever did that race walk. Santino Morella. <laughs> yeah, the, the Italian guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, he when he, like, chicken shit it out of the ring and, like, fucking swapped out of the... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's our boy Santino Morella. We we love him. <laughs> I just oh I couldn't even stand. I just every time they sh- they like would like when he walked in I was annoyed. And any time they like focused on him at all I was like, "Well, somebody bitch slap that man." <laughs> <laughs> and did he then put a, gl- a green glove on his hand and poke somebody in the eye with it? Uh, and then he then he danced to uh, like somebody tell my mama. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, that's Brodus Clay. So yeah, he, no, it, the Brodus Clay. I mean, I don't know much about him. I mean, it's a badass song, uh, but dancing with the the sock on his hand, you know, it's yeah, I don't know. I, he can call it a cobra all he wanted, but you know, it, it was it was a green sock. <laughs> Santino, I didn't know. I didn't know it was possible to hate Santino Morella. No, neither I, did I. I agree. I've only seen him in one match, and uh, that was just first impression. Uh, you know, and other than that, you know, they had a couple of big reveals, of course, that episode, and I just was like, I okay. <laughs> yeah, when they revealed the the guy with the uh, the grease paint on his face, who was supposed to be Asian. Oh, uh, Lord Tensai. Yeah, that's I, Lord Tensai, but we call him Albert. Yeah, I had no <laughs> Prince Albert. Uh, it, like meaning, I know that that was his nickname. For I think that you guys said, but it just to me, I just think of. Uh, I had a friend who really wanted a Prince Albert, but he told me that the reason he never wanted to get it is because he didn't want to have to spend the rest of his life uh, sitting down to pee. <laughs> <laughs> so when I, when I think Prince Albert, I just think is yeah, I just think oh, okay, you pee like a woman, but. Uh, but you know, so I had no, I didn't, you know, I had no, I didn't, you know, they didn't say who he was. You know, it was like it's a returning superstar, and then they didn't say who he was. So I was like, oh, it's that guy. Yes, delightfully vague about that. Yeah, and then when uh, when what's his fuck came out at the end, and everybody was excited. Uh, I I didn't know who he was, but then uh, Jason went, oh yeah, that's the guy who got his ass kicked in, in Ultimate Fighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's Blob Lesnar. We're calling him. Uh, Hey, what's this wee business? Well, I, I, I followed I followed wrestling for a while, but I think that the the last wrestler that I, I I truly I truly loved watching, and that was actually before he went uh, WWF, uh, and it was WWF, not WWE at the time. But uh, but when he was small time, I, I was really I think he was mid south uh, wrestling at the time. But I, I I used to follow fucking Jake the Snake like crazy back. But wasn't a heel when he was a good guy, right? Yeah, and I, I'm not sure that Jake the Snake was ever a heel in like for, with the, with the crowd anyway. Okay, yeah. I thought once he got once he got into WWF and he got all greasy, I guess I just kind of assumed. Yeah, no, he was a heel as in like the way Stone Cold was sort of booked as a heel, but the crowd just still continued to love him. Oh, okay. Um, I think the whole thing when his snake bit Macho Man kind of made him a little bit more of a heel. But he was Fitzy's right. He was definitely the guy that the fans always loved him, no matter whether he was playing a good guy or a bad guy. But he never yeah. technically played a good guy in WWF. Okay, but you're well, right. In Mid South, mean- he was a face for sure. Yeah, I mean, in the with the earthquake storyline, when he jumped on Damien, his snake, that would definitely have been a, you know, he definitely would have played the face in that feud. Anyway, shall we say? Yeah, which well, was legit, by the way. He actually killed the snake. He didn't intend to kill the snake, but he actually did kill the snake. No way. Yeah. 
I actually uh, I wanted to go to uh, I wanted to go to the the match where he first brought out the the Damian the Snake because he brought that out like at the end of his Mid South uh, days because he was fighting or he was wrestling a, a dude by the name of Humongous who was a uh, who was a guy who was about uh, if Jake the Snake was probably about what five nine five ten this guy was probably about six four six five right yeah. They they made a big deal out of the fact that like instead of going through the ropes, he would step over them. Ah, uh, uh, yes. He was pushing them down to step over them. <laughs> but stepping over them, yeah. But he his big thing is he wore a, uh, a hockey mask, and of course the thing was, you know, could you do a DDT on a guy who was wearing full hockey protect goalie gear? And uh, and so. Uh, so they actually that match was that the, the, they were finally going to play out was happening in Jackson, Mississippi, and I wanted to go, but I was too young to go by myself, and my parents had no interest in it, and I, I held it against them for the longest time because because uh, those matches were not never televised, so I just had to hear about it the next week on Mid South by mm. some asshole who'd gone to see it. Yeah, but apparently that was the that was the match where he because uh, he kept saying he had the surprise in a bag, and everybody assumed it was another hockey mask that he was going to wear. But it turned out that actually, after he DDT'd uh, uh, Humongous, and Humongous did fall out, that what he did is he pulled out the snake, and that was the first match where he like threw the snake on the person that he knocked out. Totally Sorry, creepy. Totally creepy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I mean, especially when you're using something like even if it's a depoisoned, can you get a defanged snake? Like where if it bit you would just gum you, or or you, do you always run the risk of getting a nip? Well, he uh, well the thing is, uh, if he if, if the snake he always used was a python, so if it bit you, it wouldn't be that bad anyway because they're not venomous. Good point. Yeah, and you know the the whole angle they did where it bit Macho Man in the ring, um, right? Was an accident, a happy accident, I suppose, but it was supposed to just kind of hiss in his face, but it got startled by the crowd noise or whatever, and actually bit into Macho Man's arm legit. Oh, it's probably because he. He probably thought he tastes like a Slim Jim. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay, now, I remember how you're not supposed to talk about wrestling on your show. Sorry. Oh, that's right. I know. It's funny. This isn't even the wrestling portion of the show. We just decided to talk wrestling. Um, Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Dig it. Dig it. The Tower of Power, too sweet to be sour. Ooh, yeah. Uh, Maybe that's like a Python mating call. (laughs) Possibly, yeah. He's just kind of coming on to him. <laughs> Absolutely. On making call was bring out your dad. Oh. But, I, oh. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> no, I feel happy. I want to go for a walk. Shut up. You'll be dead any minute. Yeah. Could you just? Can you just hang on a minute? You'll be dead any minute. Oh. <clears throat> well. Well, I was going to mention. Uh, I've seen a documentary on Jake the Snake, and don't worry, folks. We won't talk wrestling. We'll just talk personal demons. How about that? Um, <laughs> Have either of you guys heard the strangely uh, blood-curdling history of Jake the Snake Roberts? No. I've seen Wrestling with Shadows. Oh, not Wrestling with Shadows, but I have seen that. But uh, Beyond the Math. Beyond the Math's the one where he's like, the fuck is that? It's like some fucking chocolate on my shirt or something. As he licks it off. Um, it's pretty... St- it turns out uh, Jake the Snake's father was a wrestler named Grizzly Smith. I was going to say Grizzly Adams. Um, <laughs> Grizzly Smith. Um, Grizzly Smith was dating a woman who had a... I'm. The story is either a 14 or 15-year-old daughter um, who Jake the Snake's father raped in her sleep 
uh, and the result of that rape was Jake the Snake Roberts. Now that's so not a that's not a kayfabe story. That's a legit life story that happened to Jake the Snake. So he's like the real life Freddy Krueger. Yeah, a little bit. And he grew up his entire life thinking that. How did they do this? I want uh, thinking that his aunt was his mom or whatever it was. He grew up thinking that uh, he grew up thinking that his mom was actually his sister. When in reality, she was his mom, and his uh, just like, aunt uh, was his mom. Yeah, that's just like uh, the singer Bobby Darin. Oh, is it similar there? Is it? Yeah. Or, um... Oh, you're going to have to help me out here, JJ. My brain is not working. The, um... Dr. Venture's a legitimate son. <laughs> okay, um... Yeah, that guy. Francis? No. I don't remember. I... Yeah, I... Yeah. <laughs> Venture Brothers. Yes, yeah. What? I said, yeah, Venture yeah. Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he does uh, grow up thinking his mother is his sister. Maybe the Venture Brothers got it from Jake Roberts. Perhaps. Neither Jackson Public nor Doc Hammer strike me as particularly uh, interested in the all things squared circle. Oh, come on. You don't think that uh, Doc Hammer, uh, Mr. Uh, I don't want to talk about anything other than uh, David Bowie and Renaissance art, and then only then if I can make it unique and me, and I think I'll cut myself, might not watch wrestling? <laughs> I have an inkling. <laughs> I'd love to go. I'd love to go up to him the next Dragon Con. Just like, dude, what do you think of SummerSlam this year? <laughs> and watch the hatred and disinterest grow. Monarch, Monarch, it's almost time for SmackDown. <laughs> I can't believe Brock Lesnar's back. <laughs> it's only because he got his ass kicked in UFC. <laughs> Boy, did he ever! I want John Cena's minty fresh entrance on my website by tonight. <laughs> Uh, we looked for him, but we couldn't see him. <laughs> but I'm bummed. But I'm bummed. Well, there you but go. I- you tell us not to talk <laughs> wrestling, and the conversation dies. <laughs> I was waiting for you to chime in because I didn't know if you knew if you watch Venture Brothers or not, so I didn't want to go too deep. Yeah, no, I have no idea what the fuck either of you were just talking about. <laughs> Okay. The only thing I know about Doc Hammer is from his one appearance, I believe, on Snidecast, where he talked about how, yeah, I'm a black belt in karate, but I don't want to talk about it. Hmm. That's all uh, I really two, remember. Double appearance. It was actually I really enjoyed his episodes. I have to say. Yeah, but I will say, uh, Matt, my uh, my my feelings of your coolness factor just went down a bit. Why? <laughs> Why? What did I do? Because well, no, not no. seeking out a, a a show that I think you would enjoy a great deal. All right. Well, I'll I'll check. Don't lose respect points. I'll I'll look it up. JJ, please don't lose. Don't 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 no no. Of course, if we really want to alienate him now, Fitzy, I believe we can just start talking. Uh, uh, Big Lebowski. Well, well co- you know, listen. That's just like your opinion, JJ. <laughs> listen, I said I haven't seen Venture Brothers. I didn't say I'm a dickhead. I've seen the Big Lebowski. Okay. Yes, but I believe you. I believe I could be remembering incorrectly, but I believe you said you didn't care for it. What? I, whose idea was this anyway? <laughs> Brock Lesnar, I can stand. This oppression will not stand, man. No, I didn't. I didn't say I didn't. Well, I may have said that I didn't care for it as much as other people do, but I didn't say that I don't care for it. If that makes any sense. Listen to him backpedal, Fitzy. Well, maybe you don't. You don't get it because you know new information has come to light, mm-hmm. and you're you're not privy to all this new shit and shit. 
It's the best movie in the world. This see, is like this is like the fourth time I'm going to cry on this podcast. See, uh, see, Matt, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. Okay, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. <sighs> this is the sound of your reference being lost on me. I don't care if Fitzy got it. <laughs> He's a little prick stonewalling us. <laughs> <laughs> Do, 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 looking out my back door. Will you slide your shirts down, Mr. Lee's, please? <laughs> They're already down. I'm not wearing pants. Oh, that never getting the party started. Uh, that's what she said. <laughs> said hi-oh. Uh, 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 hi. Wow, you could not have sounded more disinterested. At- hi-oh. <laughs> uh, hi-oh. Great. So you've lost respect for me now, too. You and JJ, both. I'm not... I'm just saying, Big Lebowski is the greatest movie ever made, and Venture Brothers is the best show currently being produced. What? So, Big Lebowski is to- the best movie ever made, ever, ever. I'm just yeah. okay. How many times have you seen Big Lebowski, Matt? I would say it's less than ten. Wow, that's, that's a lot to start, have a negative opinion about it. Uh, yeah. I would also say probably less than five. <laughs> I wanted to gauge your reaction with the ten first before I gave you the truth of the five. <laughs> no, so, no, but I, see, I was going to completely give you a free pass if you'd said maybe once. One, yeah, because it, it, that is not a film you get the first time. In fact, it's a film that somebody had to tell me was brilliant and explain to me part of why it was brilliant before I watched it again with an open mind and went, "Oh, wait a minute, this film's brilliant." All right, I like that more. So yeah, I'm going to say I've only seen it once. There you go. <laughs> Give me. I'm un- I'm uninformed. I'm I'm I I I I just I'm misguided. That's all. I'm misguided. It's not my it, fault. But it it I mean uh, I will say it is even if you don't want to go so far as to say it's the greatest film ever made because I know uh you have your obsession with Marty McFly that we're not going to be able to dislodge. Um nor would I want to, because that's a fine choice. It is. It's a great film. But um, but what I would say is that Big Lebowski is one of the most carefully thought over scripts. And uh, just watching little traits, like the fact that anytime, anytime the dude is, is like hard struck for something to say, he repeats a line that somebody else said in the last scene. And I guess you could say it's a Swiss fucking watch. <laughs> It's just it's just a really brilliant it's a brilliant script that takes a little while to uh to fully to fully just really sink in on you and there's the fact that you know because it's the Coen brothers there's scenes in the film that don't necessarily have to be there but just add so much color uh you know I I I think my life would be a uh a, a, a darker place if I if I just every, every once in a while uh, if I was, you know, when I was talking to people about trying to to come to see a play or a show that I was in or something, and I couldn't think back to the dude's landlord's performance art show, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I just think to myself, that's what people you know, cycle. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, so I'm just saying, you know, it's it's it really ties your life together. Yeah, it does. It does. It, does. it ties my whole life together. <laughs> It's and in many ways, Back, Back to the Future and Big Lebowski are equally taught scripts. Yes, I would agree with that. Back to the Future is completely without flab, or, or uh, you know, unnecessary scenes, and it's it's a kind of a work of genius from a, from a pure plot perspective. I guess Lebowski is kind of um, not so much about the plot and more about 
characterization. But which is why I am about to make a movie called uh, Back to the Lebowski. <laughs> oh well. Do 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 do. Where I'm going to replace uh, Christopher Lloyd's character with the dude. Oh sweet Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marty, man, it's uh, it's like a time I machine, think, man. I think we like. I don't know. If you wanted to keep up the energy of Do- of Christopher Lloyd, I think you'd need to replace him with Walter. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and then they just feed Donnie into the. This, this is what happens, Marty, when you steal plutonium from the Libyans. <laughs> I just love the idea of taking the car, the the coffee can at the end, though, and just dumping Donnie into the engine. <laughs> <laughs> the Mr. Fusion, <laughs> and then that's when they drive off, and it's Don- with Donnie. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Oh, I, I'm very happy now. Shoes, but we're bowling. We don't need shoes. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Are we boring the the host? Fuck you. <laughs> he, brought, he brought us on to hijack his show. I know, and then now, and now all that's happened is you've lo- both lost respect for me. I haven't even. I mean, JJ, I've known for known for years. That's fair enough. But Fitzy and I, it's this new budding relationship, and I can't. I don't have very many points for him to lose. <laughs> you said budding. <laughs> we're still in the, we're still in the honeymoon period. Is that it? That's right. So I can't be having you judging me now just because I haven't seen fucking Venture Brothers. <laughs> it's okay. I I, I don't, didn't lose respect for you so much as I wanted to help. <laughs> All right, I dig that. I dig that. JJ JJ sees you as a as an intellectual inferior now. I see you as a starving child whom I want to give a sandwich. <laughs> exactly. That that see that's the problem. You are Sally Struthers. <laughs> I am. Uh, uh, I don't know. I can't think of anyone angry at the moment. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell. Oh. Not that angry. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I love me some Rosie O'Donnell. Don't get it twisted. Uh, I, I love her for being in um, Beautiful Girls, which is a film I adore. I think I, uh, you talk Big Lebowski. I talk Rosie's Big Gay Boat Cruise. Is that, is that a thing? That's a documentary, my friend, and it is delicious. And is it about her doing it? cruise for lesbians it's exactly that it's we're gonna have a cruise only for gay families oh i'm so downloading this and right this sh- second <laughs> i don't know why but all of a sudden i just really want uh, uh it to i want her cruise ship to sink in the middle of the ocean just because i want to call the rescue mission bobbing for lesbians <laughs> <laughs> hey and ladies and gentlemen 32 minutes in you've got this week's episode title bobbing for lesbians yeah i hope you're writing that down no no it's all right i'll remember it right i got a good memory i can remember that no no i can't talk amongst yourselves while i write this down (laughs) no i I used to have a lot of respect for rosie o'donnell i just uh i think that she's someone who had potential and just decided not to use it and i i kind of find that i find it sad but i also find it frustrating as someone who never found her level of success and is still trying to find their level of success that's sort of like how dare you plateau and squander it you bitch (laughs) that's true she did squander by doing the flintstones um by that was a, that was a paycheck, and that was a very popular movie. So you can hardly say it was squandering. What what film? I didn't hear. Flintstones. Oh fuck! I would do the Flintstones in a heartbeat. No, so, I, of yeah, course. 
No one. I mean, even uh, even Walter Kolchak was in that film, and that's fine. Well, I like to think that Fred Flintstone is Walter Kolchak's um, great, 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 you know, ancestor daddy. Exactly, <laughs> ancestor daddy. They're both yep. they're both angry and they both bowl. What else do you want? <laughs> hey, uh, JJ, JJ, I may not be Fred Flintstone, but I'll sure make your bed rock. But um, bump. Sorry, you you had a legitimate thought. Please continue. Oh no no no! I just think that you know uh, you know she had uh, she had the the plateau the, she had the platform of her talk show and uh, and began to use it in a way that she lost a lot of um, a lot of the 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 goodwill that was towards her because when she had. <coughs> Excuse me. When she first had her talk show, you know, she was known as the the queen of nice and everything. And you know, and uh, there, I don't know if you guys remember, there was kind of a, a famous episode where she pretty much attacked Tom Selleck uh, because Tom Selleck was the the figurehead chairman of the NRA. Now, I'm not really a gun person at all. Uh, I'm one of the least gun happy people in the United States. They seem to find you though. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Asterisks. For anyone who doesn't know, one year at Dragon Con, I was walking uh, with, uh, well, actually with Brian and my friend uh, Aaron. We were walking next to each other, and a uh, a gun in a bag was thrown from one of the upper balconies of the hotel and hit me in the torso. In fact, it's been over two years now, and I still have scars on my chest. Uh, at least it landed on you and didn't fire into you <laughs> so well and as as Aaron and I've talked about for quite a while uh we're we're very lucky that it uh that I was walking a little faster than Aaron cuz if it had hit Aaron instead of me uh yeah. me it left scars it would have just tore through him he would yeah. <laughs> look like uh that character in death becomes her <laughs> it just went right through him and didn't even slow down uh, a, he's barely a whisper of a man yeah He's, he, yeah, he weighs less than my shadow, uh, but uh, but so, but I, but you know, just when she attacked him, and then some other things, and then and then after the talk show, she just didn't even try to do anything to to like keep uh, her public persona up. I don't know, just it frustrates me because she, you know, anytime you are uh, in in that much of the spotlight, and you just kind of go, well, in a way, you could even say what kind of what Dave Chappelle did. I mean, I understand that, that the pressure would get a little bit too much to him, but he still uh, just he turned his back on on any level of of pop, of of a career. Exactly. Really. Yeah, I understand turning your back on your show, but turning your back on everything, I found kind of shitty. But did yeah. wasn't yeah. that because Bill Cosby and Oprah told him to do it? Uh, he's never really said what it was, but I mean, I do know there were, you know, he, sure he had the multi-million dollar deal, but there were other people that were depending on him as well. Right. And there are, in my opinion, uh, there are better ways to go about, um, there are better ways to go about, uh, making an example than to just go, Oh, that's too much. I'm going to go away. And then you just go, fuck you. There are people out there. There are entertainers and of all sorts, shapes and sizes that are, that are, you know, struggling every day with shitty jobs that would kill to have one fucking one hundredth of your success. And then to just basically, you know, turn your ass towards them and shit all over them. Just because it got a little hard, I have very little sympathy for them. And you know, not well, to go back to wrestling, but that that in lies my main issue with Brock Lesnar. You know, we'll leave that 
<clears throat> we'll leave that out there for any wrestling fans, but he pretty much did the same thing, JJ. At a main event for WrestleMania, him and the other guy he was wrestling, they were both tired of how hard it was to be in WWE, how hard the road they're, schedule was. And they were also very very hugely popular wrestlers. Yeah, they were bit, they were it at the time. They were the main event of WrestleMania. They both decided to go out there and put in pretty much zero effort, and then when the fans decided to boo them out of the building, middle fingers up, and they both walked out on the company. Eight years later, Brock Lesnar comes back, and everybody's like, Yay, Brock Lesnar's back! Hooray! And I have I, I no respect for him. But see, that's also kind of how uh, why I have a little bit more respect as not a pure wrestling fan than you guys do for uh, Mr. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Cunt. I understand. I understand what you are. I understand your stance as a pure wrestling fan. But um, what I see is someone whose whose film career is doing uh, well enough that he doesn't really need the any of the WWE shit. Right. I mean, yeah, what? <clears throat> That's definitely true. Yeah. I mean, success-wise, and his career is now bigger than the WWE. Right. I mean, he's doing more for the WWE coming back than they're doing for him, and yeah. also shown you know time after time after time when these big fuck you know big fucking muscular actors go to Hollywood, they're a lot more marketable when they're leaner, which is why you know Schwarzenegger. Uh, leaned up. That's what Rock leaned up. You know, if you look at what he was like when he did like the Scorpion King compared to when he was in yeah. you know, uh, a film like you know uh, what was it Get Smart. You know, he was he was still big, but he was much leaner. And he, you know, the year that he took getting ready for that fight, he's put on a lot of mass. Mm-hmm. And he's actually you know he's probably uh, he's actually probably cutting himself out of Hollywood roles. Uh, by the amount of, of mass and things that he's put on. I mean, yes, his mic skills, for some reason, seem to have gone to shit. Even I, who find him to be one of the most charismatic actors on uh, on screen right now, because charisma is just not something that people look for in actors anymore. Um which but, is strange to me. Oh, I know, but he's you know that's one thing that you know any even films that are bad he's pretty watchable in because he's got a natural charm. Mm-hmm. Um, but even I, who you know do kind of man crush on him, uh, when I watched that uh, that Raw, I was like, Jesus Christ! They gave him twenty minutes at the beginning. <laughs> right? Thank you, JJ. Even right? I was, like, you know, ten minutes would have been fine. But how long do we just have to stare at him while people clap? And, and strangely, that was an, uh, a, a sizable improvement on the build-up uh, mic work. Yeah, well, I actually, because I have been listening to Smart Marks, I've been watching a lot of that shit on YouTube. Uh, you guys have infected me. Well, nice, well, I love that's, it. That's our mission. I, I feel that we've we've somehow succeeded if we've gotten someone back into watching some wrestling. Yeah, well, I don't have cable, so I can't watch any of it live, and, I, and I'm not really wanting to legally acquire it. I will, I, as I've, I've said to both you guys, I will, I will, as an outsider, gleefully do an episode of Smart Marks with you guys where we review something, but I'm not, I don't really want to, I don't have the time to give it over uh, to to really follow it, but I, I, I have, I've at least enjoyed uh, uh, tapping my feet in a little here and there, I guess. That's cool. I mean, and we can keep you informed. All you have to do is listen to our show, which is far better than listening to Raw, anyway. Well, it's like the it's like the uh, the grandfather said in uh, in uh, I think it was the movie Boys, where they're like, "Why do you get a TV guide, Grandpa? You don't have a television." He's like, "If you got a TV guide, you don't need a television." <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is, if you've got smart marks, you don't need to watch wrestling. 
Exactly. You got you know that way I can I can go I can do other work and follow wrestling at the same time. Well, we're glad to be that for you. I think. And I can listen to you guys go. Well, that was shit. That was shit. That was shit. Same thing next week. Let's do it. <laughs> it did get it did get that way for a while. Yeah. How did you get a copy of our format sheet, JJ? <laughs> Somebody's leaking that shit out again. Is it you? It must be Fitzy. I went I to uh, I went to podcastscripts dot com to get mine. <laughs> oh, fucking wrestling, man! I had to get my month my month scripts for uh, for uh, Mars Needs podcast, which is basically random reference, random reference, diff, dick joke, random reference, random reference. Okay, <laughs> available on the website of doom dot com. The website of doom. <laughs> <laughs> That was my Doom voice. You guys like that shit? That was pretty good. Yeah, thanks. I no, could... Aaron always amuses me with that one because he sounds like like a theater actor or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is that I've been using that little snippet for, Jesus, over a year now. And it was only just sort of a, as we were recording that first episode where I was on Doom, I was like, shit, we need some sort of a tag. Uh, say website of Doom after I say this. And it was, uh, you know, so there was no prep for it. That's just what came out when he said it. No, I think it's awesome. It's like it's how I hear the name of the site when I read it now. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like you're, you're absolutely right. It's like website of doom. <laughs> um. Yeah, I do. They whenever Sharpo posts because I know Sharpo does uh, like articles there and stuff. Whenever he posts it on his Facebook, it's always the website of doom dot com. Yeah, <laughs> aren't you guys? Aren't you like legally uh, obliged to say like hi Sharpo, hi. Uh, uh, Harvey Locust, uh, hello, Jimmo, and all that shit. No, that's only when Degsy's here, and he's a pussy. Okay. okay. He's far too af- he's far too afraid to not say hello to everyone. Me, I don't need to say hello to everyone. Um, okay. Other than people I'm intimidated by. So, all right, Chimo, and hello, Biggin. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of that, we'll move along, because both of those men could kill me with their bare hands. Ah. You know. Who's, who's Biggin? He's one of the, the behind-the-scenes Oasis people, isn't he? Yeah, we don't talk about Biggin, okay? Can we just not talk about Oasis just for one fucking week on this show? Who who is he though? Because I I I probably know him through my lifelong obsession with them. Him? What's his real name? uh, I'm not going to say his real name because I don't know if I have that permission. He is a childhood friend of Tony McCarroll and of uh, Noel and Liam. Okay, cool, cool. Um, basically, so he still lives in Manchester. He's still in that scene. Um, and he's not um, Dixie. He's what? He's not Diggsy, is he? No, no, no. Uh, he does have a really interesting job, though. You know what his job is? <laughs> Wait, JJ, this has nothing to do with Oasis. <laughs> this happens to be a dude who just happened to know dudes that were in a band called Oasis. Exactly. His job is being uh, a valet and a uh, assistant of kinds to players for both Manchester United and Manchester City. Oh, that he must be a fucking diplomatic bastard. No shit. Um, like he apparently must- he has a PS3 at his house that used to belong to one of the players on Man City. Nice. That kind of deal. So yeah, he, he's um, I'm I'm terrified of him. I'm gonna guess Balotelli because Man City probably took it away from him for being bold. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no problem with the man. I just I just uh, as I have said before, uh, Oasis's music did not really make it over to the states, and uh, the stuff that did make it over here uh, was apparently not their best work, and uh, they bore the fuck out of me. Yeah, see, it, it was a time and place thing. I think Oasis, and if you were there, 
at the time and place it was they were like fucking a musical awakening to me I, I was obsessed with them for a good I don't know four years and yeah. they kind of they became the root of everything else I loved so I, I still do love them I'm not gonna buy any of their new shit or anything but you know I, I think because well, they're broken up too well that well uh, yeah but I mean like fucking uh, BDI or fucking uh, High Fine Birds neither of them are that great I think over here, the legend of them being like infamously douchebags uh, hit way before uh, any of their music. And by the time their music hit here, I think the only two songs that really made it over here were uh, um, uh, Wonderwall, guessing. Yeah, uh, Wonderwall and Champagne Supernova. Right. And those are two of the whiniest fucking songs I've ever heard. <laughs> I wouldn't say Noel's a douchebag so much as he was a cokehead at the height of their popularity. Okay. And he's very self-assured, but he's also very kind of funny and witty. And now that he's like been sober for 15 years or more, he's he's actually a pretty interesting interviewee. But Neil or Liam is a complete another cock end. <laughs> he is like I'm, I'm not saying that this is not a Degsy dig. <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> like I thought this about him before I even knew Degsy existed. <laughs> But he is an, like he's a fantastic frontman. He's he's got that kind of Johnny Rotten swagger, even though I hate Johnny Rotten. But like I always called Liam Gallagher Johnny Rotten, except good. Um, but but I'd never ever want to have a conversation with the man, ever. Well, that being said, if he wants to come on the show, Liam, you're welcome anytime. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, and come on, call me a Man United content because <laughs> that's probably all he would do. Um, I love I love. He was asked what his top ten most hated things was. He's like top ten. He's like probably Man United ten times. He's <laughs> <laughs> <was> like right, <laughs> right. So yeah, absolutely. Whoa, we just uh, we might be getting feedback now because I just pulled out my headphone plug, and now you boys are coming out of my speakers. <laughs> um, but I would like to take a moment to say hello to original drummer of Oasis, Tony McCarroll, who is a loyal listener of this podcast, and also has fantastic hair. Or or at least he did in the, Li- the Live Forever video. I haven't seen him in years. But he did have like hair I was jealous of. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the poor man looks like, but I just get this image now of this poor man who had once magnificent hair and has now receded a little bit. And he's <laughs> a comment and one lone tear falls out of his eye. He basically, he basically had thick, black, curly hair. And I wanted thick, black, curly hair when I was a kid. Still do. You could, pull, you could pull off a hell of a fro, Fitzy. Oh, man, I would kill... Both y'all for fro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord! Uh, yeah, but I guess if he does have that single tear, then he'll just wipe it away with all his money. Well, yeah, there is. And, and if Tony's listening, definitely, maybe it was always my favorite album too. <laughs> <laughs> I think what ruined. I think what ruined Oasis for me, uh, like a lot of bands, and I almost dread to say, almost it almost took away some of my uh, excitement over music in general is the internet. For all the wonders that it gave us, it kind of ruined music for me a little bit because it made it too easy to then go and download the 12 gig discography of any band that you enjoy and then essentially just overkill it. I absolutely 100% agree with this. Yeah. I think my my following of music as a like a like really rabid hobby from the age of 14 and then ending at about 25, 24 definitely can be like if you looked at the the graphs it would definitely um correlate to the amount of time I spend on the internet and the amount of money I don't spend on CDs. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, when you bought a CD, you're like, I remember, I mean, there's some really fucking albums that you go out and you buy. Like, you go into a Terror Records HMV and you'd like just peruse the cheap CDs and you pick up like this completely out of the blue album that you'd never heard of, but you just like to look at the cover and you'd listen to it then for like three months solid. Yeah, and these days you get 20 seconds of nope, skip. Shuffle. Yeah, these days, like you said, if you like one song, you end up downloading the entire discography of a band and then never listen to any of the albums because you don't know where to start. No, exactly. It's yeah. I don't know. It might be kind of interesting that because I have a a sort of self-imposed uh, uh, boycott. Yeah, that won't allow me to do that. Just because I I, I do sort of uh, I've always told myself that. You know, if I download something that is like like a radio single or something, I don't really have that much. Uh, I don't really feel too bad about it because I don't really see that as much different than back when I used to just sit around with a uh, a, a recorder and just record it off the radio. Um, but I don't. I can't bring myself to do the discography thing just because I I have am someone who would eventually like to support myself uh, by putting you know our artistic effort out there and have people pay me for it but because of that i wonder if you know because i what you guys were just saying is completely uh an anathema to me i i, I still i i still grab an album and uh, you know obsess you know, if it's an album that really connects with me i will still obsess about it for 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 months in fact you know i just bought a couple of albums for elizabeth for easter and put it in her easter basket um you know, so I, I, I still am a, a, an avid music consumer. And I'm almost That's envious awesome. of that, because I wish I could still do that. I wish I still had that discipline, almost. It shouldn't be a discipline to listen to and enjoy music, but I, I definitely feel like I don't have that patience anymore. I wish I did. I really do. Because I miss those it's days true. of being excited and wanting to consume everything and not having, it at, not having it accessible. So like Fitzy said, you wind up in a Tower Records in Cardiff on holiday, and you find that they have the single of this record. I mean, I used to be so excited because, oh, there's a B-side I've never heard of, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't exist anymore. I remember spending £20, not even Euro, on a Japanese import copy of the Benz because it had Killer Cars and um, some other song as a B-side, like extra tracks after after Street Spirit. I know you don't like Radiohead, but that, you know, um, just the idea of that now, you know, spending 20 quid on essentially two tracks. Well, hey, if it makes you feel any better, I once bought an import of an Anthrax album because it did a cut. Co- they had a cover of the song "The Bands" on there. Oh, nice! Oh, it's a fantastic fucking cover too. <laughs> Check it out on the internet somewhere. <laughs> the the Bands, yeah. and then download Anthrax's discography. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's funny Rawlings was actually saying the same thing on that episode of Cabin Fever I don't know if we recorded it or not but because uh, we were talking for a while afterwards but he was saying the same thing about enjoying music and how it's almost stopped him listening to to listening to podcasts has kind of ruined his sitting down to listen to to songs or music anymore and you know the internet being so plentiful has kind of caused the same problem and i will say podcasts have sort of have taken over some of the music because i find when i am doing something uh that is brain numbing 
you know, something that is incredibly repetitive or something. That's when I tend to listen to podcasts. Right. Uh, uh, but uh, like, I get really bored at the gym. So my my podcast addiction started actually when I was on like a on like a treadmill or something at the gym because uh, he listening to a conversation was better than listening to the same. You know, you can only listen to say Eye of the Tiger. You know, or those up tempo tracks that you have on your iPod so many times. Uh, and uh, and so the, so I will say that I, I probably listen to music in more concentrated bursts. But when I listen to music now, it's because I want to. Uh, I, it's because I want to, to to listen to music, which is why uh, even recently I found myself becoming fans, uh, becoming kind of a fan of music that I would have completely turned my back on uh, even you know two or three years ago just because uh, I listened to something in a different light uh, you know like I've been putting off listening to okay go for years and all of a sudden like you know about two weeks ago I was like oh I get it right <clears throat> uh, incidentally I downloaded their discography about a month ago when that awesome video came out <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just bought their latest album for Elizabeth for Easter <laughs> you know for me like that's like JJ said podcasts for me are like I, I actually I love listening to podcasts even of people that I don't know but I especially like listening to ones where you sort of kind of get to know the people even if you never have any interaction with them uh, for example like the tell them Steve Dave guys right you know if you listen to that thing for years you feel like you know Walt and Brian and Q right um, and I also find that I enjoy podcasts for the fact that they allow time to pass without me really noticing. So if I'm stuck at work and I'm doing something that's mundane, I put in a podcast and before you know it, it's an hour gone. Um, or like now that I'm here, I do a lot of walking where I go, I go and walk up the mountainside and things like that. Um, and I find if I listen to music, I'm too, I'm too, I notice too much how long, how quickly time isn't passing. It's like, oh, that's the end of a song. That was only five minutes. There's another song. That's another four minutes. That kind of thing. Whereas a podcast just kind of runs on and I'm like, oh, damn, I've been walking for an hour and a half. However, in my mind, Matt, when I, I picture you walking up the mountains, uh, you know, a, a little man like yourself walking up the mountains in Wales, I'm just going to picture the theme to uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, look at the little blonde hobbits walking up the mountain. I'm not, I'm not a hobbit, motherfucker. <laughs> compared to me, you are. God damn it. Well, compared to me and Fitzy, you are. <laughs> we... we, we I'll put our fists on our hips and go. <laughs> no, there's no way I'm smaller than Fitzy. No way. Uh, Fitzy's basically my height. Well, that makes you I'm more into- six one, yeah. six and a half to six one, depending how much I've stretched or shrank in the night. Yeah, and I'm like six two, six uh, six two, six three. So you know, you guys are both big motherfuckers. Well, did you think I was a stumpy bastard? Did you? I've no, no- Matt. You're. Uh- you're you're all uh, congested. The the Skype is all congested. I can't really hear you. Yeah, you you sure. went congested for a second there. So I'll just keep talking and hope it clears out for you. Okay. Um, no, I knew I knew JJ was a was a massive a man, but uh, Fitzy, I've only ever really, to be fair, I've only ever really seen you in Skype pictures from the waist up. That's true. So it's hard to judge. I think he's about six foot two. I I admit when I first met you and Aaron, I expected you guys to be a little shorter. <laughs> it wasn't until I, I saw a picture with you uh, next to somebody else that we know that I, I put it. I, I realized that you guys were towering over him. I mean, granted, he's not the tallest man in the world, but when I realized that you guys were almost a foot taller than him, I was like, "Damn, okay, they're taller than I thought." Is that Blake Northern? <laughs> no, it's, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to call out our, our good friend. Uh, let's just say uh, barbecue guy. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, right. <clears throat> well, you know. 
the music thing we were just discussing, I kind of had uh, a very eye-opening experience the other night because I recently signed up for Spotify. Okay. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, you basically pay a certain fee each month, and it's a uh, you basically can go in there and stream and listen to music. And there's very very few things that aren't there. Um, I remember through my years in high school, I fell in love with the band Fountains of Wayne. Hmm. Now this is before Fountains of Wayne became annoying because they had Stacy's mom, which was on everywhere. Yeah, before their sex was on fire. That's right. Uh, literally for years prior to that, I was listening to Fountains of Wayne, and it was early days of the internet, and I can remember chasing them around. Um, sorry, chasing like their CDs around everywhere and trying to pick up every single single, every single album, and that, that was literally years and years of my life. And the other night, I typed Fountains of Wayne into Spotify, and there it was. Everything they've ever recorded, ever. <laughs> <laughs> just right there in one little folder and what did i do i at the beginning i was excited but then i sat there and i shuffled through every single one listening to only seconds of each song before returning to a podcast mm. <laughs> yep it's Didn't, it's depressing wasn't it the the guy from fountains of wayne that wrote the song for that thing you do yes it was jj uh adam what's adam um Adam, I was going to say Adam Copeland, but that's Edge. Uh, is an Adam something? Yeah, you're right. He entered I, the, he won the contest to write the theme song. I respect and hate that man for that song because I, I and the thing is that a film like that uh, kind of depends on the 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 song sounding like it could be a one hit wonder. But all you have to do is see that film once, and for the rest of your life, it'll be in the back of that head, or in the back of your head. And you're, you doing, doing that. that thing you do. You know, I try so hard to forget you, girl. <laughs> it just it will never leave. Breaking and my heart into a million pieces, like you always do. Yeah. Amazing. Every time you do that thing, every time you do that thing, oh, I'm out of breath. I can't <laughs> see you doing that thing you do. Do do do. I think we know what yeah. song we can go out on. <laughs> it's funny what you were saying about the walking though um how time you know goes faster when you're listening to a podcast as opposed to music because that's almost verbatim what uh stephen fry said about how he lost all the weight a few years ago <coughs> because he said he started listening to audiobooks because he would get exactly the same sensation that you spoke about, that you could only listen to songs for so long, but they kind of almost made the time seem to go longer because you'd be very aware of every three to five minutes there was a new uh, thing happening, so to speak. Yeah. Well, let's face it. Uh, uh, f- podcasts are just audiobooks for fuckers who are too cheap to buy them. <laughs> That's true. And hosted by people who decide that their lives are interesting enough to force it down the world's throats. Well, and plus, I've always—that's uh, true. But I've always kind of—I've uh, always kind of chosen the podcasts I listen to based on, like, if you listen to a couple episodes and it sounds like you could get along with the host, then it's probably a good podcast to listen to. And at least I can say, every host for every podcast that I have, uh, that I listen to, I've gotten along with. Right? Are there any you listen to that you don't think you would get along with? Uh, I guess maybe the closest would be, uh, I, I'm kind of fascinated by, uh, comics and how comics brains work. So I listen to, uh, WTF with Mark Maron quite a lot. 
Right. And uh, I think I, I could only spend so much time with Mark Maron until you just go, please pull your head out of your own ass. Just please. Yeah, I listened to a podcast called Talking Shit, hosted by Jim Jeffries, an Australian comedian, and Eddie Ift, an American comedian. Um, and basically, they have this cohort with them, uh, Jason Auer, his name is, and they are literally so horrible to this man, um, to the point that they joke on the show that they're convinced he's going to try to stab them at some point, uh, and... Not everything that they do to him sounds like A, he's in on it, or B, that he's okay with it. And it almost makes me despise the two hosts. But I listen every week still. They make me laugh, even though I feel kind of guilty about it. Um, <laughs> but that's just one of those shows where I don't think I would get along with either of those guys. But I still listen to their show every week. Um, I kind of felt that way when I saw an episode or two. I think I ended up watching two episodes back-to-back of uh, An Idiot Abroad. Right. Right. And uh, I, you know, yes, Carl, what's his fuck, is kind of a, a unique individual. Carl Pilkinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah you. But I did, uh, after a while, just think, you know, watching them put him in poor situations, or in bad situations, <laughs> I just wanted to just, uh, you know, after a while, you just want to slap Ricky Gervais and uh, Stephen Merchant just in the face <laughs> until your hand starts to swell. <laughs> Did you see the one where they tried to make him bungee jump off of that structure somewhere in Africa? That's actually where I started to get really angry because I was like, fuck that. That looks like it hurts. And then he did the, he went off the very low step and face planted into the ground. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. That. Oh, God, that show was funny. I think Carl, I think I would love me some Carl Pilkington. Um, I've listened to hours and hours of the Ricky Gervais show, like everything they've ever done. And yes, the times that I worry is when he says something and I'm like, you know what? That kind of makes sense. And then I start to worry about myself. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I don't think I would particularly like Ricky Gervais. He just strikes me as... Uh, he, I, I respect him creatively, but I think that uh, if I had to spend any time uh, with him, uh, he just strikes me as the kind of person who just farts smug. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think he's definitely a bit of a an ass kisser or a bully, depending on the, your your stature with him. Yeah, um, which is you know some people are like that. Um, you can see him like how, <clears throat> say, he would behave extremely differently in his interview with uh, Larry David than he would talking to Carl because Larry David's like a hero of his. And um, when he did his interview with Gary Shandling, I think I think Gary kind of smelled him instantly, smelled his shit instantly, and just made it a, a pretty hellish experience for the guy. Well, and I, I thought it was kind of funny. I can't remember what it was, but they, they did an interview with him that had uh, a bunch of, like, you know, very established comedians and him. And for somebody who's done um, really amazing work in comedy, his, his stand-up career is still kind of young, comparatively. And, uh... What? No, it definitely is. It, it only start. He only started doing stand up, I think, in uh, two thousand three. Yeah, maybe? people give him a lot of leeway because, well, quite frankly, you know, he gets leeway because the office was fucking brilliant, and uh, and so you know, you do you change comedy like that, and you get a lot of leeway. But it was just interesting hearing him talk, and he sounded all the things he was saying sounded just like. It. A uh, like an, an eighteen or nineteen year old comic who was just getting started, you know, where you know you'd hear these comics talk about you know the the honor and art of just taking a joke and fine tuning it until it's just 
perfect and you know exactly how you can land it every night and then he was just like oh no i could never i, I could never like do the same act every night it's just you know you just get so bored and you know and just like completely taking away the art form for it and just sort of you know, and sort of going, oh no, I'm just, I'm so fucking brilliant, I don't need to hone the craft. I'll just go out there and make up some shit and it'll be perfect every night. I'm confused. Who are you talking about here? Did Ricky Gervais say this or Gary Sean? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was Ricky Gervais who was just saying, oh, I could never, I could never, you know, do this, I could never do the same act more than once. Well, he does. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> sure does. Oh, <laughs> He's, he's a lying son of a bitch if he said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he definitely. It's it's funny though because you, you definitely get the vibe when he talks to Carl that they are friends. Um, whereas the other that talking shit with the comedians that I listen to, I don't get that same vibe about this guy Jason that they harass that I do about Carl. Mm-hmm. Um, like sometimes listening to it is almost hard to do. It's almost tough to listen to because they're being so evil to this guy, and they're just laughing about it. So I mean, I assume the guy wouldn't keep showing up for a podcast if he hated it. But it doesn't have that comedic value of when Carl and Ricky do it. It's kind of I don't know whether it's because they have British accents. Maybe the American thing makes it sound more cruel. But there's really a very similar vibe to Carl Pilkington. But uh, also, this Jason guy isn't nearly as funny as Carl Pilkington. Um, and I'm, you have to understand that Carl Pilkington has basically become a millionaire because of Ricky Gervais. Right. Yeah, I heard so, I heard them on the BBC recently, um, and uh, Ricky Ricky and Carl were on there. Um, Ricky was being horrible to Carl, and the DJ said, "You know, Carl, don't you ever get tired of this?" And he's like, "Yeah, sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm just not in the mood." And uh, Ricky does doesn't respect that. And then Ricky said. Yeah, well, Carl here has gotten two houses out of this deal, a huge bank account, and I tell you what, if he doesn't like it, he can go get a proper job. And then after a short pause, Carl goes, well, he makes a good point, doesn't he? <laughs> so, you know, he kind of pointed out there that he's a little bit smarter than he leads on, and I think if it ever gets revealed that Carl Pilkington is just a character actor, and the Carl that we all know is just a character, then he has got to be one of the greatest actors in history, because that guy is spot on all the time. I don't think he could be. I just, I mean, just, I haven't spent as much time with him as, as you seem to have, but, uh, it just, the, the level of commitment to misery he seemed to be in, uh, in those episodes of an idiot abroad, just, it would be, it would be almost impossible to, to, to maintain that kind of character in, the situations that he's in, you know? No, exactly. But the only reason I even think that is because now over here in the in Britain, they've started showing trailers for their new show together. Um, Derek? Yeah, Derek it's called, which is essentially Carl Pilkington as Carl Pilkington, but playing a character. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know about this. And Ricky Gervais seems to be playing like a mentally handicapped guy in a, in a home. Yeah, it's only a very short trailer they're showing, but yeah, that's definitely what it looks like. And uh, I don't know, I think that maybe too soon. I think it's... These are the kind of guys where it needs to take a few years off and then come back again. Ian was telling me about this uh, today, uh, strangely, and apparently the character of Derek is an autograph hunter, which is how they're going to shoehorn celebrities into this show. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Same deal with Life's Too Short. I was so excited for Life's Too Short... And then I started watching it, and I was like, this is just The Office. This is just some scripts they had left over, and they said, how can we do something different? Oh, I know. Let's give it to a little person. 
because uh, I will say the 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 one scene I have seen from that the the really wonderful thing with uh, Liam Neeson was just <laughs> fucking brilliant. Yeah, I'd given up by then. I must have given up by then. The last one I saw was when he went in to buy condoms. Oh, Liam Neeson was the first episode, dude. Oh, then I a- then I didn't see them in order because I uh, obviously legally acquired them, uh, uh, and I didn't get them in order. Damn it! I, I just went Liam Neeson on Life's Too Short on YouTube and watched just the scene with him, and he is just so fucking deadpan and intense. It it, it makes you realize that the the world lost a great comedian when Liam Neeson decided to become a dramatic actor. <laughs> I hear he's hung like a fucking moose, though. That's what they say. Well, you can see, you can tell. Just go see uh, the movie Kinsey. You can see, see him in his full glory. Really? <laughs> Fitzy's like Google tap 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 tap. Tell t- t- tell me more about this. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't strike me as someone who would go in the nip, as we would say in Ireland. Yeah, well, uh, in the in the uh, yeah, in the film Kinsey, he plays uh, the guy who invented the Kinsey scale of sexuality. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know what it's about. I just I didn't. Yeah. And uh, he did more than you know took part. Yeah, because the character of Kinsey was supposedly, I and mean, the, the the gentleman Kinsey was supposedly really well hung as well. Because there's a scene in the film where uh, his wife, who I believe was played by Laura Linney, was trying to undergo an uh, an operation because having sex with him was hurting her cervix. Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, I do believe that you see him, uh, you know, flaccid, but like you know. That's, that, that, by the way, is the real reason that my girlfriend of five years kicked me out. It's <laughs> just No, no, it's because I was hurting her insides. Come on, man. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Which is kind of funny that you think about the two, uh, or the three probably, I would say, arguably most talked about Irish actors out there right now, uh, at least in the United States, are uh, probably Colin Farrell, uh, Liam Neeson, and... Uh, Killian Murphy and Fassbender. It was what I was thinking. Okay, all of them have all of them have had scenes in the you know, have had scenes in the buff. All of them are reportedly uh, incredibly well hung, and uh, but yet you still have the the lingering uh, Irish curse uh, 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 legend like uh, about. <laughs> all, all everyone having small knobs. Yeah, <laughs> that's what. Well, part of it is just it's Irish Irish American uh, 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 prejudice. Fitzy, would you care to turn on the camera and prove or disprove this rumor? Again, <laughs> <laughs> any excuse to get me naked? <laughs> well, I know, ladies. <clears throat> Uh, so you know what? It's been over an hour. We don't want JJ to be late for his next arrangements. Um, yeah. I'll take a minute to say thank you very much, JJ and Fitzy, for joining us on Legend in My Spare Time this week. Um, You can get each of these boys respectively at the website of doom.com for Mars Needs Podcasts with the lovely JJ Hawkins. Um, And, of course... Fitzy does his own show too, found somewhere on the internet. Uh com, Cabin Fever. Uh but he also does a really, really actually entertaining and exciting podcast. <laughs> it's called Smart Marks and it's called a Cabin Fever. Yeah, I call I know I I damn it. <laughs> Alright, so there's our big uh there's our big wrap up. So I'm a I'm a professional podcaster, eighty seven episodes in. Boosh. I'm gonna say I am um as gay as it sounds, I have been Googling to try and find his cock ever since we mentioned it. And all I could find is a picture of Liam Neeson pissing himself. <laughs> That's a great picture. Yeah, I have heard that he uh, gets he gets pissed and then pisses himself. 
uh, but there's two movies that I'm. I know that I know he shows it in uh, Kinsey, and I'm pretty sure he might also show it in a movie called uh, The Good Mother, which is an old. Uh, it's a film directed by Leonard Nimoy with him and Diane uh, Keaton. I mean, it strikes me as something that the internet would be pervy enough to have put up if it existed, though, right? Well, I mean, I've se- I saw the film, I saw it on the big screen, and I'm pretty sure I remember seeing his dangle. Well, <laughs> that's your homework for this week, folks. Go out there and find Liam, Liam Neeson's dangle. <laughs> uh, we'll close with this thought, JJ. You said you've been listening to Smart Marks. Does that mean you heard the ending of the first edition of Smart Marks when uh, Fitzy, not me, Fitzy stole your uh, sign-off? Uh, no, I, I missed that, but that's Ooh. that's cool. I, I I'll, I'll loan it out. Well, it was his idea. He stole it. I told him not to. I'll get my royalty check later. Yes. Yep. You'll get your ten percent of nothing. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> that's right. All right. So, uh, any uh, any closing remarks, uh, JJ? Uh, yikes in a way. <laughs> now I have to cue the music. We can't talk after that, can we? Sure you can. It's not my show. Oh, fair enough. Fitzy, any closing uh, thoughts uh, while you're looking for Liam Neeson's dick online right now? <laughs> I'm disappointed I haven't found it yet. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another edition of your favorite podcast. Mars Needs Podcasts. No, I was waiting for Degsy's. And if it isn't, it should be. Why would we want to do that to your show? Oh, I thought you were... I thought, oh. Okay. Ooh. This has been another edition of your favorite podcast. And if it's not Mars Needs Podcasts or Cabin Fever, it should be this one. <laughs> Put me in third, ya, ya fecker. <laughs> fucking arse. <laughs> Love you, Lees. Yeah, yeah, ditto. Uh, time to put a bullet in this one. AK, get me the hell out of here. We'll see all you dirty, dirty bitches next week. Legend in my face now. Oh, motherfucker.